You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Daniel. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Josh. Perfect. Oh, oh boy. It's been a while since all five of us yeah. have yeah, been like, together. Come on so now. A little Come bit on. of a rough With April start opening, there. I have no idea what order I'm in at all. Like, I'm after I Chris, I think it usually. worked. April, back to you. I think we just, I don't edit that, and we just roll. Yeah, Let's go. Just that in. Yeah. We're all here. Right. It was a little rough start, but we made it. We're all yep. here, all five, just ready to talk about Alex Garland's new miniseries, Devs, that just finished up on Hulu this past week. Um, but before we do that, we're going to play Flick Chart. Because we haven't done that in a hot minute. Because of and course we are. Of course we are. Because Josh is here. And we always bring him in to make fun. We love to disappoint Josh as much yes. as we possibly can. Absolutely. Um, but before we start our awesome, fun episode for you, we just want, just want to remind everybody to check us out on social media. Facebook.com slash ScreenersCast or at ScreenersCast on Twitter. Or if you're feeling so obliged, leave us a review wherever you listen and comment, tweet us. Leave us a message or whatever. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on if you agree with us or you think we're stupid. So hopefully you don't think we're stupid, but we still want to hear about it, even if you do. So without further ado, let's jump into Flick Chart. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. And now that we have this very rare occasion to have all five screeners on the show, we couldn't let that opportunity pass without jumping back into flickchart.com where screeners podcast is trying to whittle down and create and maintain our top 20 films of all time a brief recap of our since our last session our current top five are in order number five the empire strikes back number four aliens number three the wizard of oz number two jaws and number one the shawshank Redemption. Not bad. Certainly better than it has been historically. And so tonight, we're going to spend the next few minutes debating which film is better than the other and just a couple of rules. So a brief reminder on the rules. If you've se- you must have seen the movie to participate in the vote. And if there is a tie, we go to Rotten Tomatoes to break the score. We'll start out with all the movies in the world. Then we'll jump into our top 20 and then our top 10 to whittle it down. Screeners, are you ready? Yes. Aye, aye. Yay. Sure, why not? So here we go. The first one we have, first pairing, is Rush Hour 2 from 2001 versus A Beautiful Mind. Daniel, what do you got? Oh, man. Starting off with uh, wildly different Uh films. Yep. Uh, I like both films, so I'm really trying to figure out one is uh, prestigious and the other's not. And one is A Beautiful Mind. Right. Uh, (laughs) Hey, oh. Hey. If I'm being honest, I think I... Well, Rush Hour 2 is not as good as the first one. I'll go with A Beautiful Mind, but it was close. Beautiful Mind it is, but close. All right, Chris, what about you? I mean, Rush Hour 2. Come on. Really? <laughs> of course. It's a of good movie. Course. Do you of understand course. the words that are coming out? I mean, I know it's the first one, but still. Come on. Yeah. It's a good I mean, movie. It's a different movie, but whatever. All right, April? I mean, I like Rush Hour 2, but it's definitely A Beautiful Mind. Joshua? I don't know whether I've seen two, one, two, and three, or just one and three. I don't know whether I can actually vote on this. Although, A Beautiful Mind, I just have to say, 
is the only movie in which Russell Crowe's terrible Virginia American accent is appropriate, even though he uses it in every movie. Um, so that has to give it some points, but I so abstain. You're a big fan, or you? I, I don't understand your hatred there, or maybe he doesn't your understand admiration the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> a beautiful mind, but I'm going to go with a beautiful mind. Rush Hour Two is good, but it's not magnificently wonderful and perfect like the first one, and so it is a beautiful mind. Which brings us to our next pairing: we have Forrest Gump, 1994. Versus Never Say Never Again, Sean Connery, James Bond, <laughs> oh from 1983. I'm going to assume some of you have not seen that one. Uh, Josh, April, have you seen that one? I'm looking it up to see. I've seen it's, a few it's the only this. one that is that does not have the James Bond theme in it. It was yep. kind of it, the um, it's not the studio had the rights. No, it's not. The studio had the rights to the character, but nothing else. Yep. So they couldn't use any of the. I honestly can't tell you if I have. I've seen. Probably, if I've seen a few of the Sean Connery ones, but I don't really remember oh, wow. any of them very deep. You probably have not seen this one, though. Yeah, so we'll nope. go with no. I guess. Okay, Chris and Daniel, have you seen it? Yes. Yes. All right, so three of us have, so we can proceed. So Daniel, what is your pick? Come on, uh, never say never again sucks. So yeah, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Chris, absolutely, Forrest Gump. Yeah, All right, Forrest Gump is the correct answer, and we move on. The Sound of Music, the original film from 1965 versus American Pie 2. <laughs> what? No, don't even ask. Just, just click the right one. Let's let's Come move on. on. American Pie that's 2, the, is that, that the answer? Oh, my yep. gosh. All that, right, that is the, that, that, music. That's yes. the absolute worst pairing. It's like, a, like know, really. arguably... Listen, <laughs> yeah. in quarantine times, you have to get creative <laughs> with your film pairings. you got to keep it fresh. Yeah, but that's right. that's obvious, though. Come on now. Agreed, agreed. All right, wow. so now we go to Castaway from 2000, starring Tom Hanks, Ooh. versus a movie that I quite enjoyed, Phone Booth from 2003. <laughs> interesting pairing there. Daniel, what do you got? Uh, I do appreciate Phone Booth. It's an interesting movie. I think it's enjoyable, but Castaway is phenomenal. I love Castaway so much, so that's my vote. Chris? Yeah, it's interesting. Both of these films are about people being stuck in mm, a, that's true. one place, right? So, But Castaway is a much better film. Phone Booth's an interesting exercise, but yeah. Castaway is a much better film. Yeah, Josh, I'm interested. Have you seen Phone Booth? Is Phone Booth a Superman mockumentary? I don't, yes. Is it? Yes. That's right. You've no, seen I have not. All right. Castaway it is. Okay, now this is actually, I think, a pretty interesting pairing that, well, we'll see. The original Scream, 1996 horror film, which it's hard to remember. I know most of you kids were just babies, but the horror genre was really, really struggling. And this reinvented and reinvigorated the genre back in 1996 for the next decade. So we got the original Scream Mm -hmm. versus Memento from 2000. Dang it, man. Christopher Nolan. That's correct. So, Daniel, what do you think? Wow, that's a really tough matchup. Uh, both groundbreaking in in different mm-hmm. ways. Yep. Oh man. Um, the creation of an iconic horror character that would make mm-hmm. its way into popular culture. Yeah, I think I've got to go with. Mm, oh man, I was about to say. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Memento. I'm gonna go with Memento. Memento. Okay, Chris. I own the Scream screenplay. I I really like that movie, and I think it's fantastic. But Memento, come on, is an incredible film. That movie blew me away. I had no idea what was happening. And to this day, the Nolan style is just, I think, 
like it's like a seal of quality for me. So yes, Memento is my choice, no doubt. Okay, April, do you agree? Well, I do love Memento, but I actually haven't seen Scream. So oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Josh, I figure you've seen Memento. How about Scream? I'm with April on that. I loved Memento, but I have actually not seen Scream. Okay, well, in this case, I've seen both. I actually would pick Scream. Uh, very, really? very Blasphemy. close. This, listen, the all the sequels to Scream diminish people's memory of the original film in '96. It no, was, no. it changed the world, man. Yeah. It was great. It yeah. stands up. It's scary. No. It's has a really smart script, a unique concept. Memento, I appreciate, but I don't think it holds up as well as people think it does in their memories. I like it a lot. But I think Scream for me would be the winner. But you, I'm outvoted. Two to one. Memento moves forward. Which now brings us to a very interesting pairing. And it should be tough. But we'll see. We hey, have hey, the hey, god. Hey, yeah. Ch- Chad, can I, can, I, can I recommend that we shuffle the order here? I feel like you going last every time allows you to like take risks with your votes. I didn't I'd, take a risk. I would have been I'd my like, pick if I'd I'd like to first. shuffle. Yeah, but I'd like to see Our, if that hey, was Chris, true. Are you though? suggesting Chris. Chad has no artistic integrity? Uh, yeah, First, or a integrity little bit. Of any a little kind. bit. I'm of, saying, let's, let's, let's people let's that are on this show <laughs> that like to constantly change their answers based on what everybody else says, you, my friend, are at the top of that my, list. My but, point is, is that I'd like to play that role, I guess is my point. That sounds great. I'll be happy to go first. Oh. So what we have here is The Godfather Part 2. Mm-hmm. Widely recognized as an all-time great film versus yes. The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh, widely gosh. recognized as an all-time great on. film. Oh, my gosh. This is easy. Come so, on. So go first. I will go first. For me, it is The Godfather Part Two, wow. But close. Wow. But close. All right, Daniel, what do you got? Oh, boy. Yeah, both are masterpieces. I would say... For me, it's Silence of the Lambs. It's just a film that I've watched more, uh, more, more than Godfather Part Two. So I've got to go with that one. But both incredible. Okay. All right, Chris. I'm going to take my time to recommend that all of you watch a television show called <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> Um, and uh, Wait, what is this? What is the this show? It's been so long. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. <laughs> yes. Have you watched Hannibal yet, Daniel? No. No, I haven't. Oh, Come on. Did you watch Hannibal? So good, guys! Silence Daniel, of the Lambs. You should watch. You should watch Hannibal. Silence of the Lambs. I'm with Chris on this. It's a great series. It's so good. Come on, if, if you if you're stuck right now, you don't know what to watch. If you're looking for something to disturb you, a little light pick me up. <laughs> oh gosh! And horrify you. Hannibal would be the show. Silence of the Lambs for me. I love that. I mean, that movie is fantastic. Okay, uh, April, what have you got? This one's really, really close for me. Um, like very close but i think i'm leaning towards the silence of the lambs as well wow hello clarice this would be an upset for sure uh and i think it's already decided it already is yep i was gonna say did you put me last like can i just leave because there's no No. have you seen either of these (laughs) i've seen silence of the lambs Um, we watched Silence of the lambs together We, we did like a hannibal like I don't remember, like a week. All right. Well, so that's going to be pretty controversial. I I agree with Daniel. These are both masterpiece-level films. The Godfather 2, however, most people would have this in their top five of all time. So I hate to see most that lose. People? Most people? Most people. That's yeah. a that is, People are saying. That's, is it? that's go to IMDb or... Say. 
any place that aggregates I, these things, I, and you'll see. I, I don't I mean, just go. Most people accept the challenge, people. No, no, no. I, I, I exactly. critics, critics, right. maybe, but like most people, that's kind of a. I don't know, dude. I don't think you can back that up. <laughs> All right, here we go. Sons of the Lambs wins. Holy Super cow. sad. Bitter. Super sad. Better. We have Love Actually from 2003 versus Batman from 1989. 89? Oh, yeah. Let's, there's only one right answer to this. Let's go. Let's reverse it. Josh, let's go to you. Nope. Sorry, let's not. <laughs> April, <laughs> let's go to you. Um, Hold on. Who's in the original Batman? 1989? Michael Keaton. Michael? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. That one. Yep. Mm, okay. Tim love Burton actually. directed? Are you kidding me? No, I'm going Love Actually. Love Gosh. Actually, bam. Yeah. All right, Daniel, let's go to you. I hate to say it. This isn't happening. I hate to say it. <laughs> I hate Love Actually. Yes. Actually. Ooh. Thank you. So, uh, Thank you. I, I wouldn't say hate. I just don't really like it. Uh, so, Batman. Batman. Chris, I think we know where you're going to go on this one. Yeah, I, I don't like Love Actually either. I think it's a horrible movie, actually. What? It's problematic on yeah, almost every fan. level. A horrible movie? A horrible movie. Watch it again and tell I me it's not love, problematic. Actually. Listen, I don't love it, but hate actually. That's like Chris's motto. Yeah, love actually <laughs> is is a very good movie, um, but it's it's Batman for sure. No doubt. All right, oh, which boy. now we're going to do two more and then jump into our top 30. Uh, let's go. We have Back to the Future Part 3. It the always gives in, us in Part the West. 3 every yep. time. Because that movie. This is 1996 Fargo. Oh, my come God. On. Let's come go. On. Is it Fargo? Yes. Fargo. No. no. What? All right, Chris, let's go to you. <laughs> <laughs> what were the options again? Back to the Future Part 3 uh, and Fargo? Well, right. don't you know. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go Fargo. I've just, I was okay, just messing with Fargo. <laughs> Moving along. Next, we have Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, 1995. Yes. That's the one with the versus rhino. Versus. Yes. <laughs> that scene is the great. It wins. Whatever it's going up against. Him versus popping out that rhino. Spider-Man 2 oh. from 2004. Aw, Toby. Let's go, Daniel. Not even close. Spider-Man 2. What? Yep. Chris, I really want to vote for Ace Ventura just to be like incendiary, but I can't. It's Spider-Man too. <laughs> April, no, I'm I'm going to uh, throw my 12 year old self a bone and go Ace Ventura. Okay, that movie Josh. was so funny. It I, was so funny. I am relatively sure that I saw Spider-Man too. That I saw all the Superman or the superhero movies back then before they yes. started making 50 of them a year. So I saw Spider-Man 2, but I cannot remember a second of it. So it's Ace Ventura 2. Because you remembered that right, one moment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. I adore Ace Ventura when nature calls. It's so But Spider-Man 2 is one of the best uh, superhero films what? of all time. Ever. Really? Ever made. Ever. No. I ever made. I can't remember a second no. of the villain. Ever made. Ever. Doc Ock. Ever. It, it's I mean, one it is of the really best good. It's one of the so best. You, it's in, would you it's in say the top it's a, 10 of all time. And you would say it's in the top 10, genuinely. You would say it's still of in the top 10. Of all superhero movies? Of superhero oh, movies, absolutely. it's in the top 10 of all time. No Ooh. question. This is also another pick you can feel free to uh, check and see if critics agree, but whatever. I don't... I don't most what Most people. Most people. Oh. Most people. All right. Now, <laughs> this. I wasn't going to do this one. I was going to jump into our top 20, but I'm intrigued by this matchup, so we got to do it. Although I know where this group is going to land. 
We have wow. so, die so condescending. Hard. So condescending. He is. I, just say I just have a good idea of where, where you people are going to land. What do you so, mean, you people? You people. Yeah, we figure it out. We have Die Hard, 1988, not a Christmas movie, Die Hard, versus the original John Wick from 2013. Oh, I love the ball. Action versus action. So, let's start with Josh. I really want to vote for Die Hard, but I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Yes, you have. We we surely we watched that. No, Chris. You you couldn't make me watch everything when we were in college quarantine together you went you made me watch seven seasons of ds9 and i did and in the cut and that was it <laughs> in the cut oh my gosh that movie we should revisit that and just we see, should we and should watch, watch it again. to the end this time. yes yes i want to mm, see that, that sounds like a terrible idea all right april john wick or die hard listen i love die hard and it is a christmas movie um but I have to go with John Wick. Like I love me John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah. All right, Josh loves those movies. By the way, they uh, are just—they are <laughs> staying on society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Daniel, what do you got? Sure, do you have the movie that reinvented the action genre in 1988, or the one that did it in 2014. Uh, John, that's an interesting pairing. John Wick is great. Uh, it's not even in the same universe as Die Hard. Die Hard wins. Get out! Not in the same universe? That reinvented action in the movie that reinvented Keanu Reeves. So April is is standing her ground. Chris, where do you go? There's no doubt that Die Hard is the best. I mean, that's an amazing film, and I love it. So I'm definitely voting for Die Hard. No doubt. You people. I'm going with John Wick. Yes, Jack. So we, we have a tie? Is that what's right. happening right now? I'm that looking, is, in fact, true. Let's Die go Hard. to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm looking up Die Hard if you, somebody else wants to look up John Wick. Uh, John Wick is 86%. Die Hard is 93%. Yeah, it is. Die Hard. Die Hard is the well, let's winner. See, well, Yippee ki Wow, top critics for Die Hard, 76%. Exactly. What are the top critics for John Wick? 75%. Oh, we still win! Yes, really. Y'all, there was a dog in John Wick, and it was amazing. He died. He died in the first five minutes. (laughs) All right, let's jump into our top 20 here and do a little battle. We have The Wizard of Oz versus Chicago. (laughs) 2002. Are we all on the Wizard of Oz train yeah. here? Yeah. Best one of the best I movies of all time. Seen it, so. Jerry Maguire, 1996 versus Seven. David Fincher, 1995. Another easy one. Daniel. Seven. Chris. Seven. What's in the box? April. I don't remember Seven. I don't know if I've seen it. What's in the box? That sounds very do, familiar. Do you know what's in the box? If you don't know what's in the box, you haven't seen Seven. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> no, I think I saw it when I was like really young and didn't know what was going on because I was Ooh, too young. I hope you, you didn't see it. this when you were really young. Yeah, yeah this, you would... this would scar you. I'm yeah, sure. Anyway, terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain because I don't remember. All right, Josh. Nope, sorry. Neither of them, I don't think. <sighs> okay. All right, seven it is. Seven it is. Seven it is. <laughs> People are always hating on my Jerry Maguire. I love right. Jerry Maguire. For the but record, I would have better. picked Jerry Maguire. 
Even uh, if yeah, I've maybe. seen Seven. For the Me record, too. I would have voted against Jerry Maguire. It's a David Fincher film, y'all. Oh Come my on. goodness! That doesn't can do make no it wrong. gold. Yeah, what's your point? You're pretty close. No, I'm to just it. saying it's worth it's saying. I'm saying it's worth seeing. It's a David Fincher film. It's very good. You should you should watch it. Agreed. Agreed. That's all that. I'm saying. Golly, right. we have Schindler's List versus The Lion King from 1994. Oh, no, That's so April. dumb. Well, we've been over this. I still haven't finished Schindler's List from the last time we played. Um, this game, so I, I can't do it again. Josh, same. <laughs> Daniel, well, I mean, they're basically the same movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. But, right. But, uh, yeah, I, I gotta go with Lion King. Chris, me too. Lion King. All right, Lion King. It is. What's this is vote? the live action version, right? We want to hear your. You want. We want to hear My your vote, opinion. My vote would have been for. Ooh, it's a tough one. Probably Schindler's Lit. No, probably the honestly, probably the Lion King. All right, a few more. Then we we'll go to our top ten. We have the Shawshank Redemption versus the original Toy Story from 1995. Oh, Ooh, Christopher, so, what do you got? So dumb. I bet Shawshank Redemption, man. I love that movie. I mean, I'm just I'm just going with my gut here. Both those okay. films are great. Josh. Yeah, that was my first reaction to you, so I'm gonna go with it. They are both a- great movies. April. Uh, same Shawshank okay Daniel doesn't really matter at this point yeah I didn't expect it to be unanimous but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Shawshank but it's really close yep same for me it remains our number one pick now we here we go why here we have Fargo versus Jerry Maguire <laughs> Fargo, right? no Jerry Maguire is my vo- vote I, I'm not what? a huge fan of Fargo yeah okay what? all right there is hope April oh, boy yeah, I actually think I'm going to go Jerry yeah. Maguire. No. As well. yes. Jerry Maguire is so good. Yes. No. Josh, you haven't seen It doesn't seen matter. Jerry You're going for Jerry Maguire, which I haven't yeah. seen. And Daniel, Fargo. Fargo, and it's not close. And Jerry Maguire it wins. Is. Yes. yes. I love Jerry Maguire. Great. Show All right, me a couple more. We'll go to our top 10 and wrap this up for tonight. We have The Empire Strikes Back, 1980, versus Get Off My Plane, Air oh. Force One, <laughs> 1997. April, let's go to you. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will go and I will pick Empire as well. Chris? Let me go last. Daniel? Empire. Josh hasn't seen them. <laughs> He's seen them. He's seen, seen both, both of them. Of them. Absolutely, okay. yes. But I just, I just don't care. Empire. <laughs> okay. And Chris? Air Force One. See what I get to do now when I go last? It's so much fun. Air Force One. That's good. That's good. All right, we have Aliens, yes. the sequel, 1986, versus The Wizard of oh, Oz. God. Oh, my gosh. This is so dumb. And right. we go yeah, to yeah, April. Yeah, we keep playing it. Ew. What do you got? Uh, just for the historic history and all the good stuff, I'm going Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Okay. Joshua? Uh, I think we've been over this. He hasn't seen, he hasn't Wizard, seen of Wizard of Oz. Ah, that's true. Daniel? Yeah, I guess I gotta go with Wizard of Oz. Chris, I I would I would go with Aliens. I'm going with personal preference now. Where like if you ask me what movie do I want to watch right now, I would pick Aliens over. Yeah, that's Oz. true. I pick Aliens. Personal preference. Hmm. This is interesting because I think The Wizard of Oz has some of the best music of all time. No, no, there's no doubt that. Look, Wizard of Oz is one of the best movies of all time. Ooh. It really is. I love Aliens with everything. Aliens is that so I can love it with. It's oh, the, one of on. the best action movies of all time. 
and it still holds up. Have you watched it recently? It, not recently. In 4K, <clears throat> that movie looks amazing. It really I'm does. I'm going to have to go... Oh, man, am I seriously... Yeah, I'm going to have to go Aliens. We're going to have to go to the tiebreaker here. Oh, my oh, God. There's no right. doubt that Oz is going to be best. Yeah, it's like, a, sure. like 99%. Let's up, see. I'll look up Wizard of Oz. Aliens is yeah. 97. Oof. Damn. What's Wizard Oz? of Oz is 98. Oh! oh! Yeah. Let's check Close. out Top Critics just for the fun of it. It's not good. Okay. It, Wizard of Oz wins, but Top Critics was 94 for Wizard of Oz, which is lower than I expected. Hold on. Uh, top Critics for Alien was 97. Same. Wow. Ooh. Well, which one? But too bad. Wizard of Oz went both, both amazing right. films, and I'm not mad. I mean, yeah, it, both yeah. of those are great. That was great. So now we're going to do two or three picks in our top 10, and then we'll call it. Uh, we now have Alien 1979 versus Aliens oh. 1986, oh the classic showdown, which is better. April, let's go to you. Um, I'm going to go with the original Alien. Ooh, all right. Josh, you haven't seen those, I'm assuming? Correct. Daniel? Yeah, I got to go with Alien, the first one. It's just uh, it's one of my favorite <sighs> movies ever. Chris? Put the S on the end of that. Make it plural. Come on. <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, they're just two different movies. The first totally. one is much more like a horror film. A lot of... Um, a lot of differences from the second one, which is just James Cameron blowing things up, which is no, awesome. it's way more. Which than is that. awesome. It's way I more know than that. It's that. a lot more than that. But yes, it is. I'm gonna have to go with Alien as well, the original. All right. No. Which now? When will it end? Indeed, Aliens versus Jerry Maguire. Why <laughs> <laughs> do they hate Jerry Maguire so much? All right, Chris, you're Aliens. I'm assuming. Yes, brother. Daniel, same. Correct. April. Jerry Maguire. Oh my it's gosh. No, it's aliens. Yeah, it it's is. You know it I is. I can't even, not even I can do that. All right. Two more. The original Toy Story versus Chicago from 2002. Are we all on team Toy Story there? Correct. I am. Yeah. Even though I really yeah. like Chicago. Uh, yeah. yeah Toy Story is better. We have Jaws versus Fargo from 1996. Uh, Y'all just going to do this to piss me off. I can already tell. Yep, let's go. Come on, let's see what's going to happen. What's going to happen? April. Fargo. <laughs> Daniel. You can see my camera. I'm dancing while I said it, too. Uh, it's Jaws. Yeah. Chris. I mean, it's Jaws. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And the Chris last one of... doesn't like Fargo. The last one of the night, we have... Well, Schindler's List versus Shawshank. I think we're all in agreement. Shawshank, right? Yeah. Since yes. we... It Correct. just lost to the Lion King. All right, so then <laughs> that brings us to... Yeah, you got to let Jerry, us go through this. It does this where it ranks on the list. Jerry Maguire versus Mission Impossible 3. Ooh, this is so going to be easy. fun. So easy. All right, Daniel. Come on. Mission Impossible. Chris? Give me the rabbit's foot. MI3, baby. Let's do it. All right, April? I really like Jerry Maguire. So, Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. It's Jerry Maguire for me as well. Oh so boy, Josh, Rotten Tomatoes. Go to the final. Oh yeah, has Josh seen, seen these? Josh has seen these, hasn't he? Three. Have three is the one with Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right, I'm looking up Jerry Maguire. Got it. Do you have yours, Daniel? Yep, go for it. Seventy. S- really? Seventy. Yeah. Seventy. Wow. Uh, well, Jerry Maguire has eighty-three. Bam! Mission Impossible wow. 3 has a 70? 
Yep, top critics is 67. Wow, I thought it was Bam. much more well received. They didn't like that. Y'all TV were all director. like, "Oh, this is easy. Listen, impossible to break." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I it's still easy for me. Uh, hey, I excuse love it me. When April gets saucy. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> all right, so here is the final results. We did have one change in our top five. The Empire Strikes Back bounced out of number five down to number six. Our new top five is. Number one, Shawshank. Number two, Jaws. Number three, Wizard of Oz. Number four, Alien. And number five, Aliens. Mm. So that is now our new top five. You can follow along at flickchart.com and search for Screeners Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's jump into our main event review of Devs. This is your station. But what am I actually doing here? I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. You're going to figure it out. The last time I saw him, he was headed toward depths. And then he disappears. Something bad happened to him. You know what happened to him. If you came for answers, ask me what you don't know. What is Devs? For our main event this evening, we are reviewing the new FX miniseries, Devs. This is the entire thing, eight episodes, is written and directed by Alex Garland. This stars Sonoya Mizuno, Nick Offerman, Jin Ha. Well, I'm not going to read the plot description on IMDb because it totally ruins uh, some surprises in the series. So uh, if, you're, if you haven't watched the series yet, do not read that. All right, we are going to dive in. Um, Josh is, is the only one of us who has not completed the whole series, so we're, we're just going to talk, you know, kind of overall opinions, not too specific on, on anything here, and then we're going to do a spoiler section without Josh. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, let's start with Chris. Chris, what did you yeah. think of Devs? I loved Devs. Um, I think the the style, the the slow pace, the ability to... Kind of really, I mean, it felt like it could have been, I mean, in all honesty, a film. Um, and it definitely, in some places, feels a little stretched. But I think for the most part, being able to explore concepts, ideas, characters over the course of eight hours, I wish more movies would do this uh, and give us an eight-hour film, explore these things. It felt more like a, a novel in that way. Uh, we were able to get more information we're able to kind of really sit in some of the the choices and experiences that these characters are having i think the performances are pretty great nick offerman gives a performance unlike anything else that most people are used to especially if you're only aware of him from parks and rec Uh, this is a very different nick offerman but i think still just as I mean, he gives a really powerful performance in places here. He is very aloof and yet also very kind of on a path. I think the main characters um, uh, do a fantastic job of, I don't know, selling their their plot um, of where, where their plight, I guess I really should say. Um, you know, they're they're in some really intense situations. Um, and I think the performances just across the board are, are pretty fantastic. The concepts, um, the science fiction elements here, if you're familiar with Ex Machina, um, this feels very similar to that. As far as 
pacing goes, plot goes, I guess world building goes. Um, you know, this is near future. It's happening maybe like in 15, 20 years from now. I really enjoyed that. Alex Garland for me, Ex Machina was not my favorite of his. Um, actually, Annihilation I found to be really great. I loved Annihilation, um, but I truly did enjoy Devs. And I think if you are a fan of his work, if you're familiar enough with it, I think if you hop into devs, you're going to find something very similar. I wouldn't call it enjoyable, um, but very good. So that's uh, that's my kind of spoiler free, very lightly touching on anything as far as like plot goes and devs. I liked it. Awesome. And yeah, I, di- I didn't mention Alex Garland. If you're unfamiliar, he is the writer director of Ex Machina and Annihilation and, and, yes. now, and now devs. Um, all right, let's move on to Josh. Josh, what did you think of the series so far? He wrote the screenplay for Annihilation. I don't believe yes. he wrote the actual story. He adapted it. Uh, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, adapted he, he, it. That's true. he wrote He wrote the movie. Correct. Which is yes. an important part. It is. As it I is. get into my review of Devs. Because uh, to back up, I liked Ex Machina. At the time, I really liked Ex Machina. On a review, it doesn't hold up as well as I would like it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is much better than devs has been so far. I have to couch my, my review. Of course, like Daniel said, I have only seen through episode five. So take all of this from this, per, from that perspective, if you can. Uh, but up until now, devs has <laughs> been the opposite of everything. Chris just said, the writing has been bad. The performances have been bad, save for the minor characters who are like a bright spot in this randomly constructed world of nonsense. Hmm. Uh, Almost everything, the show annoys me on just about every level that it possibly could. Like they picked a bunch of things that I know a little bit about and they hit them all, hit ridiculous notes on all of them. And it's, it's as if Alex Garland took an undergrad philosophy course and a physics course and read a Wired article on quantum computing and was like, I can write a show about this and forgot to study how you write a show. The performances are bad from the main characters, at least. Except, like Chris said, maybe for Nick Offerman. The problem with Nick Offerman is that he has such a strong, established personality already that the way his role is written in this show is not he's not cast well for it. Oh, like, man. There, there's nothing he can do in this role to pull away from his own personality because his character is so aloof, like Chris said. There, there's nothing to give his character credibility in in his character's role. Oh, you got to finish the, the show, the dude. Company. Yeah, yeah I, so, that's, <laughs> so I'm getting to that because the first four episodes I was just mad at. And the... And I was watching them because I was being pulled into this episode. So I probably would have stopped after two or three, but I, I've kept going through five. The fifth episode is simultaneously the best and worst episode of the series. Worst because there's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be there, like a lot of the first four episodes. But best because they start exploring some of these things that they've just left as gaping holes in the plot up until the fifth episode. And so there's a chance that they could, they could win me back, but they're, they're starting from a deficit now after those first four episodes of um, 
completely implausible writing and character development. When like, when we get like, into spoilers, I would love just before you even leave because I don't want to spoil what happens in the first five episodes. I'd like to know what you would want the show to do in the next three, just to see. Like I, I'm not going to respond at all, but I just want to know what you're looking <laughs> okay. for, so so that because genuinely I want to know kind of because I agree with you because that's this is what I was saying. Like the show start it, it is slow. But it does build to something. So I want to see if what's missing is maybe what actually happens. But go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm very curious to know. Well, I'm I'm almost done. I just, I have to point out gemstones, like, in the writing. Like, it's it's a number absurd, too absurd to express as a number. At, at one point, they talk about extrapolating inwards, which there's a word for that. It's called interpolation. And... Uh, let's see what was my main comparison for the writing uh, on in the series as a whole is that a show written by Aaron Sorkin um, people can give it give it guff for people don't talk that way right so that Aaron Sorkin's writing is very sharp everyone is very witty and people don't actually talk that way in real life um, this show has that same problem but for all the wrong reasons people in Aaron Sorkin's world um, don't talk like people in real life because they're smarter and wittier and have all the time to think about what they're going to say people in this show don't talk like real people because no one is dumb enough to say those things and it's it's the first four episodes are a mess the fifth episode is a little bit better and I, that that's all I got now boy um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was prepared. So you shouldn't so, have made me go second. Sorry. I I'm glad I did. So uh, I I was totally prepared. Josh obviously knows so much more about tech and about this world than than I do. So I was I was fully prepared to to concede a lot on that end about what they're getting wrong in in that world maybe. But you had to go and say stuff about he forgot how to write a show. Oh boy! I never learned right. in the first place was what I said. Oh boy! Okay. All right. Well, I'm not even getting into my opinion yet. So uh, I'm going to go to April. April, what did you think of Devs? Okay. Well, after hearing Chris, I was about to be like, "Well, I'm going to rain on the parade a little bit." But then after hearing Josh, I'm like, "Well, I'm just going to start that parade back up." Um, <laughs> I like it. This is good. It's good so, uh, yeah. So I'll just be kind of quick, but um. I thought it was beautiful. The cinematography on it was breathtaking. The set design is phenomenal. Yes. Um, I love the, like, just the messaging overall. Um, it just kind of has a beautiful human element to it, even in the midst of all the high-tech stuff, which I very much appreciated, and it definitely resonated with me in moments. As far as the only person that whose acting really bothered me was the main girl. I yes. felt like her... Um, I don't know, she just, everything, a lot of times she just talked weird. Like, the things she said just felt, I don't know, like she had to think about what she was saying before she said it in a, I don't know. It's, it just, her acting was just kind of off in some points for me. But overall, I really, I really liked the series. Um, I'd say I was much more amped up for it in the beginning. Uh, I don't know why Josh hates the first four episodes. I actually loved the first Definitely the first three episodes. There was one episode in the middle of the series that was just kind of, it didn't really further the story much at all. It was just kind of 
just more exposition, which was good, but it was my least favorite of them all. And then it kind of amped back up, and I'd say the way it ended, uh, I'm not going to talk details, obviously, but I was not expecting how it ended, and I, I don't know that I loved it. Like, I feel like the further I get away, the less I overall liked the series, but maybe I just didn't understand it. To me, it seemed, like, simpler than it should have been for what it was, but maybe I, I, I'm not a tech person, so... Anyway, I also loved Ex Machina, just sidebar. So, yeah, but overall, I'm very positive on it. I would recommend, you know, anyone to watch it because it's. I think it's very well done overall. Awesome. All right, uh, back back to reality with with uh, with April. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, all right, Chad, what did you think of Devs? <laughs> well, your mileage may vary when it comes to Garland's work. I enjoyed. Ex Machina, fine. I didn't love it by any stretch of the imagination. I was the outlier on Annihilation in as much as I think when we reviewed it that year, uh, several of you liked it. I adored it. It was my number four or five movie of the year, maybe six. But it was definitely in my top ten of the year. So I was thrilled when I saw that not only was he going to take this show over, but was going to write all eight episodes because he I'd seen some interviews where he complained about not having enough time to unpack a lot of these ideas that he wanted to explore within the constraints of a two and a half hour film. If you don't enjoy the process of really digging into specific areas of interest to Alex Garland and doing it in a very slow burn kind of way. I don't know that you're going to like devs a lot. I think ultimately I enjoyed it quite a bit. I disagree with Josh. It seems to me that Josh, and I'm not critiquing Josh's critique because you, you are what you are and you do what you do and you like what you like. But I personally get hung up a little bit when I try to critique a film for not representing real life to a certain degree, because there has to be some sort of creative liberty given in order to tell the story and get the theme or the message across that the details may not be a hundred percent accurate, but I don't, I try not to let that make me completely reject a, a, a film or a show on its face. I understand that a lot of these things, like Josh said, he knows a lot about. And so he probably just got super hung up on a lot of that and just was like, yeah, I'm out right from the beginning. The one area that I vehemently agree with is the central performance by Lily Chan or of Lily Chan. Uh, her name is, uh, is it some, uh, Mizuno? Yeah, her name so escapes no, me. Like Samoya or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah <clears throat> so Lily, the main character, I think is atrociously bad. I, I just did not understand. And Alex Garland does a lot of work where his characters are very cold, very distant, very matter of fact. She has some good moments throughout the series where she breaks out and gets emotional or whatever. But just in general, she felt like she was it just didn't feel like a, a human performance at all. I also did not like Jamie, Jen Ha, her boyfriend or Sergey. I just thought these people talk in a way that nobody talks the way they act is super weird and distant and not believable as human beings where i disagree with josh is nick offerman this nick offerman every scene that nick offerman in it is in is alive he has a charisma that you just either have or you don't it's you can't it can't be taught and so i think every time he's on screen it's fantastic i love the ideas that it is exploring and we have to tread lightly here because josh 
is going to leave before we get into spoilers, but it talks about this in the early episodes. I do love the idea that it is exploring uh, cause and effect and determination or predetermination and free will. I like the idea that that is the cocoon that this show is wrapped up in. And when we get to our spoiler talk, we can talk more about that and specifically where it goes. But ultimately, I walk away from this uh, with this as my least favorite of any of Garland's work up to this point. I'm not on the train that says this is just so brilliant and wonderful because it left me cold. It, it left me cold in a way that I thought I wasn't even that engaged with the ideas that you were exploring because I think you can distill it down fairly simply. And so when we get to our spoiler talk, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Overall, I agree with all the things from a production standpoint, set design, the look of the film, absolutely top notch. And again, I've said this before and I still mean it. I would much rather have a show like this that takes a big swing at some big ideas as opposed to most of the drivel that we get on a regular basis that is just you know, forgettable and disposable and you forget about it literally like three hours after watching it. So this does at least invite some discussion after the fact. And for that, I give it, uh, I give it credit. All right. Uh, so for, for me, uh, I'm definitely more towards Chris, uh, probably, uh, probably the most positive, uh, out of, out of all of the five of us. I have really enjoyed Alex Garland's work. I really liked Annihilation. I loved Ex Machina. And and a pet peeve of mine, a pet peeve of mine is when people describe TV shows as oh it's just like a movie because a lot of times that's just not true. A lot of times TV shows feel like TV shows and that's okay and and usually it's not it doesn't feel like a movie. This is the, it absolutely feels like a movie. Devs feels exactly in line with Ex Machina and Annihilation in the way in the way it's shot in the way it's constructed. It feels. Uh, like a really long movie and so I appreciate the the just the quality of the show um, just just from a production standpoint I also love the writing of this show I think this show is dense and has like is is talking and swinging at like Chad said kind of swinging at these complex ideas but the show does a really great job at at both keeping me engaged and curious about what's going on but also brings me along with him it's not it's not confusing me the entire time uh or trying to just be really really dense and not trying to uh, not letting me in and this show does a really good job of letting us in um like everyone's touched on you know it has really interesting ideas about free will and determinism and all that stuff um and and i agree i'm not sure that it I'm not sure that it fully lands every single one of its ideas, but I love I love how far it reaches. It it's reaching for these really big ideas and doesn't fully grasp them, but it reaches so much further than almost any TV out there. And so I really appreciate that. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed this quite a bit. I think that I, I'm actually, um, I'm genuinely shocked at, that none of you liked Sonoya Mizuno's performance. I, 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 I said I, I did. Oh, you did as well. I okay. I did. I, yeah. I, I was going to, I'm going to defend her in the yeah, spoiler section. I'm kind of confused. Yeah. I don't, I don't fully understand. Um, not that she's like, I, I didn't think she's, um, like amazing and should win awards and all that stuff, but I thought she was very good in this role. So I'm, I, I don't even quite understand where that's coming from. 
and same with Jin Ha, who who played uh, her uh, her friend, whatever his na- character's name was. Um, I thought he was really good. I agree. Ser- Sergey wasn't wasn't the best, but uh, and then Nick Offerman. I was actually nervous about Nick Offerman because he's so great as Ron Swanson, and I was worried that I wouldn't really be able to see him as anything other than that. And I think he's really really solid in this role and uh, plays plays something very different. He's both villainous but also tragic and also empathetic and funny it's it's a very strange and difficult blend that he plays and i think he i think he threads the needle really really well and yes. n- none of us mentioned allison pill who is also very good in the series as well i just i love the way it's shot i think garland has this fascination with the way technology and and nature converge everything is set in a forest for him with technology all around and I, it's just it's just interesting so yeah overall honestly i i really couldn't be happier with this show i think this honestly this is one of the best miniseries uh, I have ever seen, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm shocked that I'm Aww. way more positive than everybody else. I honestly did not expect that. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this quite a lot. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more. Uh, Josh, could you uh, – With I know we're not – in spoilers, so I know it, we really have to tiptoe around things. Is there any? Are you able to break down a little bit more what you found so repulsive about the way it's written and things like that? Well, so I have to, yeah, I have to spend a, just a few seconds um, giving some feedback to the feedback that I just got. <laughs> uh, Chad mentioned that I might be hung up on knowing more about stuff than the rest of the audience, and it's it's not that for me. There was. There was one linguistic thing that that made me angry, but outside of that, it's not that I have a more of a grasp of any of this stuff that they're swinging for really than anyone else. It's for me, it feels like they have these big ideas and they're plucking them and not discussing them. Uh, if a few of you remember about. 15, 16 years ago now, we made a movie. Uh, three of us screeners made a movie. Yes. And its underlying theme was supposedly the collective consciousness. Most of us were in college, and we, did not, we didn't really explore that hey. very much in the script. I said most of us. You, you, You're an you old man. A little you bit were in college that. emotionally and mentally. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Still is. There keep is. going. Thank you, Joshua. You're welcome. I have to I have to bring you in. You're one of us, Chad. No. Thank you. My problem is that it, it takes these big ideas and it names them and then gives a very surface level discussion of them. If even that, uh, the, the fifth episode is where they just start doing a little bit of discussion. And that's, that's why I say I, I liked it a little bit better. Up until that point, they're name dropping and they're buzzword dropping and that's it. It's it's not anything to explore these ideas. And also it's the fact that the characters are, um, in at least two or three instances, used as just blunt objects to beat the audience over the head with either exposition or with what's happening, which should have been handled through a story arc. Jamie does this, Forrest does this, or no, sorry, Katie does this um, in relation to Forrest. And... Also, the soundtrack is used in the same way. This is how you should feel about this moment. And all those things brought together just really rubbed me the wrong way. Hmm. That, that was my main problem. Uh, 
Chad and April, you want to uh, chime in with uh, some of the things that you found a little less, the things that left you a little wanting? You can go ahead, Chad. If you want. I mean, it, it's difficult to fully get into the things that helped me arrive at my overall feelings without going full on into spoilers. Yeah. I'll just say that this is this is a series where I appreciated the craft. I appreciated the attempt at exploring some interesting ideas. I think the performances are almost universally mediocre. I don't understand how you don't understand that. This is I just these people talk like robots or machines and I don't understand why we're talking about it's just <laughs> unbelievable when you have a love triangle that or as presented and this is in the first five episodes and you have this relationship where they were together for years and he thought that he was going to be with her forever and she just walked away for this other guy their whole coming back together is not like that it's just the way they interact is weird and it's just not human it just feels very un inauthentic to me that that aside the story i felt like was they try to make it just outlandish or just wild enough to get you to want to see what's happening to understand the mystery of what's happening when it's not really interested in that at all it's interested in these other ideas and i just feel like there was a more elegant way to get at it so i'm not negative i'm not as negative as i probably sound i did overall enjoy the experience of it i just for me this is just something i just i'm going to walk away from this and and be done with it i i don't I don't get the the praise that this is one of the best sci-fi happenings of all time. I don't I don't get that. Yeah, who's saying that? Daniel says. Well, one I said Twitter. one of the best miniseries he's yeah, ever I said, seen. I said this this is one of the best miniseries I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just finished it today, so I I literally just finished it this afternoon, and so I haven't looked what other people have said about it or whatever. I mean, so I, I didn't know of, that it was. There getting are plenty such of praise. detractors as well, but a lot. And again, it's just that's why I said at the very beginning. It, how you respond to Alex Garland's work is going to impact yeah. uh, how you, because this is very similar in tone well, to I think both it, of his if, other two films. If you remember, I was not a huge fan of Ex Machina. Remember we have this conversation. You always were like, I can't believe you don't like Ex Machina, blah, 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 blah. I enjoyed Ex Machina. I thought it was fine. It just felt like other, like it was retreading other you know sci-fi tropes and we did it really well and stylishly and you know i i liked it but it wasn't the best thing ever this i i felt like i i i was i was perked up and listening the entire time i loved every single every single topic that it hit from religion Mm -hmm. to uh philosophy to science you know all the stuff that josh just hit it over the head and said this is terrible i can't believe they're just paying I, I ate it all up. I thought it yeah, was same. wonderful. Here's yes. a perfect example of my problem with this. So keeping it generic, there's a fight in here yes. that happens between Kenton and another individual. It's the worst fight ever filmed in the history of cinema. <laughs> and these are supposed okay. to be two I do agree trained that. Kenton, people. Yeah. Kenton right? is, if we're going to talk about miscast, that no, is I the, get it. that's the it, one my, that was miscast. My point is that's just a perfect example of these people don't act like people it's just weird there's this weird almost to the point that i have to feel like it's intentional like no. they're not acting like people anyway I, it felt, it's I'll say, I don't, go ahead sorry no I please go ahead. say i really only felt that strongly about the girl i didn't feel i didn't really like um kenton either but um i Kenton's really like great. jamie 
Kenton is the most miscast, though. He is totally. I, I like the actor. Yeah, it's just, I, he's a sixty-year-old dude yeah. acting like he can, you know, do but some. But even things. Allison right. Pill. I mean, I love Allison. She was great in the newsroom. It cuts to her, and she just has this blank, dead-eye stare, yeah. like ninety-nine percent of the time. I will say she definitely comes across like very cold. But, he, for but sure. it, I don't think any of that is a performance issue. Right. I think if you have an issue with it, that's fine. I think all of the things you are describing about the way these characters are acting is intended to act that way and I feel. I totally that way. agree. We need to we stop and, and talk about the it. robot version of the village. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so we are going to jump into spoilers. Josh is going to hang out for just a minute so we can yes. talk real quick about the first five episodes, and then and then we'll say goodbye to Josh and talk about the way this whole thing wrapped but up. So let's dive. It. Let's dive into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is: you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it wouldn't have occurred to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right, Josh. Uh, so, so if you can dive in a little bit more, or I guess, I guess we can start with Chris's I, question. Yeah, we, yeah. I really just want to know what. This. Uh, yeah, we did. I, I just want to know what you want, though. Like, what, what, what? Because now we can talk about like we the plot. For that answer, yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> from from the show, Josh, not from life. Just just let me know. Like, I'm just like a couple of points that you're like, well, this isn't making sense. Why are they doing this? And I'm just curious. And then you can we'll say goodbye. And then I, I just want to know what the show has to do in order to grab you and answer the questions that you have or the. We spend yeah. so many shots on that stupid statue in the middle of the company campus. <laughs> yeah. And it's so bizarre. And I get it. She died. But why is there a 150-foot statue in the middle of the campus? And <laughs> When you have billions of dollars, Josh, you got to spend it on something. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why, why does the tech CEO not seem to not ever say anything about tech? And why... Oh, just I just need now, more there plot are lots details. Of tech CEOs <laughs> that are just business people that are not don't know a lot about tech. Josh, come on now. Um, I it's don't. True. I, I don't know that many. At that Tim caliber. Apple. Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Apple knows about fulfillment. He doesn't know about. He tech. Did, he, say, he is not a guy who sits there and thinks about technology. That's true. Apple. Apple is the outlier in this case. That is true. Of course, they're a okay. hardware company, not a software company. Let's, oh my gosh! Keep this straight. They're both. This is what I'm saying. But let's Josh, keep going. Never convince me let's, that let's the plot about details aren't a large reason why you don't like this show. But that's okay. I don't well, that, like it. That either, was, so I'm with that you. Was so I'm the not problem argue. I had with Nick Offerman's character in in particular. Uh, the what do I want from this show? I want them to spend time exploring the concepts that they keep teasing us with rather than spending time having Jamie explain why their relationship ended in this five-minute speech that makes no sense as a human interaction. Yep. And <laughs> I, I want to spend time talking about this bizarre um, conclave in the middle of the woods that they... <laughs> 
they spend time having a mini earthquake and then and one of the characters turns around and says you ever wonder why we built this place on an active fault line <laughs> come on there there's so many just out of out of place things in this show but we we're talking about free will one we're yeah. talking about uh, apparently about the crucifixion i don't know why we're focused on that we we have it's it's a focal point in the in the show but we don't talk about why at least not again not to the part that i'm at yet um we're talking about quantum computing and um possible worlds and the multiverse and we spend like 30 seconds over the course of five episodes talking about these things that are big ideas and could be discussed and could be part of the plot but we're trying to make this a normal like thriller plot line overall with just these high science concepts peppered in and it just doesn't Agreed. make sense to me so so you're saying you'd like to see more Agreed. high science is what you're saying actually if exploring. you're going to go for it go for it yes but okay all right cool thank you that's all i wanted to know yep that's that is my right. problem and I, I will be else? interested to see the next few episodes and then listen to you guys talk about it. Yeah, no, we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back, Joshua, for your response after you see the last three. Okay. I, I will I will probably finish it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Josh. You guys you guys have a good time. See you later. <laughs> see ya. See ya, man. Bye. Bye. All right, so now that Josh has left, we are free to talk about the, yes. the rest of the show. And and Chad and April, now that Chad, now that Josh is gone, you guys are free to tell tell us how much you love the show. You were just kidding. You were just saying that for yeah. Josh's I really benefit. appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's playing the foil. Uh, so so let's let's just jump to to the very end. Um, but we can jump to. Well, geez, where to even start? So they really dive into the the idea of initially that everything is deterministic we don't have a choice um yep. and then shocker we do have a choice um so what did you or, or do we what did you all kind of think of that climax in in devs well i have i had kind of mixed feelings one i knew that she had to have free will like i there's mm-hmm. no way they were going to show us the whole scene and then it play out exactly like that yeah, so that's i kind of ex- obvious yeah. yeah so i knew she was going to do something different but i i i don't know like i i kind of i guess respect the ending that they went with and with um what was the character's name that ends up shutting down the electro Steven, i think or no that's the actor's name yeah I don't remember his name. Whatever. How he decides to, you know, the, where they die anyway. I bought that necessarily. Like, I feel like he could have shut that down at another time and not also sacrifice the girl. But I don't know. Maybe. I honestly don't really have strong opinions one way or the other. I was like, I really loved the first few episodes. And then the ending was just kind of meh. It sounded, it sounded like the exact opposite of what Josh... Josh wanted like a, an exploration of science and philosophy and you wanted more like, oh no, like good like moments of like plot and character and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, like, and I actually... Yeah. I, I disagree with Chad and Josh on um, Jamie especially. I actually loved that act, his acting and that character. I was yeah. like... I felt it when he died like... Yeah, I was I was in sure. it with Jamie for sure. I feel sympathetic um, for his character. I just don't believe him as an actual character. 
Uh, I disagree with that one. I don't, yeah. I had I, I definitely had major issues with Lily, the character Lily, but uh, I didn't have any issues with so Jamie. I'd like to just address that real quick because you guys all, or not all, everybody except for Daniel, you guys, meaning the naysayers here. Um, what I what you what you were saying was is that she felt like not human. Well, she's like. She just went through a trauma, like a, a massive yeah. trauma. She's trying to to wrestle with that reality that her boyfriend, and then realizing that her boyfriend not only died but was also a Russian spy, like that that like you know that realization, and not only that, but that now she is you know destined to die. You know what I mean? Like it's just like one after the other. She's realizing that these these events in her life have not have have not really been up to her. You know what I mean? Like none of this, this is not her choice. She's not choosing any of this. She just is the pawn that is being moved by some unknown force outside of her. And that conversation she has with Allison pill, like I loved that. Like they're throwing a Frisbee out on the street they, and, and and it's just them getting to know one another a little bit better and being, quote unquote, like we were saying, human, right? And thinking like, okay, yeah, this is, we can have a good time. This is fun. This is great. But inside, her, Lillian, is that her? Yeah. Her, her world is like imploding. It's completely just, you know, she's realizing that she's just going to play a part and, you know, she doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah. No, it's I, crazy. I, I get that. But even in the flashback when she first meets Sergey. Yeah. She acted the same way. Yeah. Like, well, because she was just going through a breakup. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you okay, see so her. Okay. Then they just never showed <laughs> no, her. No, they don't. Being normal. They, they don't really because don't. They, they don't. They, her, her, her entire arc of this, the entire time you see her, she is going through tremendous trauma. Her entire. Well, no, because you see her in the first episode where she's with Sergey, and yep. then she goes through the. And, yeah. I mean, she's and I think she's, she's happy. She's. I mean, I if you watch happy. that again, no she's way, just dude. very one. I note. disagree. And I think oh, here's my theory: the actress is actually British, and I think she was in her head about her American accent because every time th- every time she talked, it looked like she was thinking about what she was about to say. Like I don't know, it was just very. Jane me, I don't. Well, think so <laughs> oh well, come on i let's I move on from the performances right, April. we have Bravo. we have wow. we have covered these wow. performances plenty so so let's move on to that we are in spoiler section here so yes so what what did you all think about about the climax about the way it ended and and how yeah. how well oh, yeah, do you think it question. answered the questions that it was diving into things like that i don't know that it gave a, a perfect answer but i do think that it was tightly constructed in conveying what my interpretation of it was which was it asks you josh is wrong when it talks about his um emphasis on the crucifixion i think it just used that as kind of a shocking uh, image to show what was happening right that they could go back in time but i do however think that it is very much interested in the paradox within christianity specifically the creation uh, tale, which is you back up and say, you know, Lily made this choice of free will, which at that point, the the simulation could no longer uh, predict out beyond that. So the question is, was it predetermined all along that she would be the one to make that choice? It's Calvinism versus Arminianism, exactly right? I mean, right.
from Adam and Eve, and Deus, the computer system, is God. Which right? great, great. This, Which is, this, great. Is, a, this great. is a t- titular um, yep. prequel to Ex Machina. Yep, I, I exactly. like freaking loved that. By the way, it I'm is. sorry. Keep and going. So I, I, no, it's fine. I loved how it was constructed, and it's echoing that right. So it creates this scenario where in the Bible Eve takes the apple from the tree, but is then punished for that act of free will by God then tossing them out of the Garden of Eden. They, she was instructed not to do it. She did it. And so as a consequence, you know, God punishes them. So the, the next step of that is if God is omniscient and is all knowing and powerful, then he knew before Eve took the apple that that's what she would do. Therefore, if he's all knowing, he's punishing her for something that was predetermined and that's right. not her fault. And right. if it is her fault uh, or God didn't know that she was going to eat the apple, then he is no longer all knowing and all powerful. But this is not and explored so, at all in the series. None of this is well, mentioned. But the same no, idea. It, it this, is. Yeah. It's, it's I, I know, literally the not same directly, idea. Not directly. Though. I, know, I understand Dude, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. literally free show will, Christ free, on the cross I, in I get multiple it. episodes. So I yes, get it. I get it. it absolutely is there. The I, idea that Lily then exercises her free will but dies anyway she's still punished brings back this question of was it actually an act of free will is she free will or is it predetermined and i think all of that is very interesting and i think that the way that it's delivered it's not ambiguous now it is left up to you to kind of interpret was it predetermined or right, not? Right. But I think the construct of the questions he's answering is right there on the screen. And I did right, right. actually like the way that it ended. I mean, yeah, yeah I think the way I that it ended. I loved that. I yes. loved it. No, they, I, I did too. They didn't really give it like, you're right. They, they, they gave an answer that she had free will, but then she ended up in the exact same spot anyway. And so right. I just love that construction. Like it's, it really does beg the question, wait a minute. So did she have free will? Like it's, I thought that was a wonderfully constructed climax. I thought that ended so, so well. And still, it's, it's like I was saying in my initial review, it's complex enough to make you really think and dwell on these questions, but it's open enough that, that makes you understand what happened. There's not really a question of what happened. It's just what do you think about what happened? And, uh, and so I think that's, that's really And it smart. does give you the little cherry on top after that. So then they are brought back, resurrected, if you will, into mm-hmm. this simulation. Yep. In this verse, this multiverse, this universe that they're in, they are in fact dead, but their consciousness is now alive, if yep. you will, in this simulation, which brings up the next question of if it's real to you, Is it real? So it's interesting. It is interesting that it leaves you with a little bit more to chew on as well. Loved that. Loved that. Uh, any anything else you guys wanted to talk about uh, here in spoilers? I mean, there's a lot of things that go on throughout the series, but uh, anything else? I I mean, I just I I had a really good time, like like in the midst of of this with all of these topics and themes and ideas. I think it does a very good job of. Unlike what Josh was saying, it's a good like springboard into conversation, just like we're having here now. Yeah. Like I kind of, I I kind of, even though I enjoy the plot and I enjoy, I, I almost enjoy the conversation I want to have after watching it. I more want to talk to you guys about what do you actually think about you know predetermination versus free will versus you know are we are we you know are we free to choose our own little small actions like throwing the gun out of the elevator but our you know end game the 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 end result will always be the same no matter what we do we'll always end up in the facility 
on the floor dead. You know what I mean? Like no matter what we've done um, is exactly like how much, how much wiggle room do we have? All of that stuff I think is a good, a good kind of primer to, to talk about uh, these concepts and ideas. And if that's Alex Garland's goal is to tell a story that's very interesting, that's asking big questions and does not answer them. I think that's wonderful. Actually, I think that's a great, a great place to be. So yeah, and and like I said, I don't think it fully, it doesn't nail everything because these are massive questions that we're wrestling. Sure. With. So of course it doesn't get yeah. get everything everything exactly right. But what, like for instance, um, I, it was a little bit silly in the lead up to that uh, that that moment that climax, ha- unless I missed something. Forrest and uh, Katie, uh, they they never questioned that this is exactly what was going to happen. They, they they didn't have the possibility of free will and i didn't yeah. quite understand why that why that was that seemed because it was so obvious that uh, that lily was gonna not do what they said she was gonna do so did i miss something there i feel like what it was trying to say and this might be my own interpretation but it felt like and i, th- I think there's even a line someplace that at some point they became a cult to their own like like doings like they they basically said well the science says it's true so it must be true and so because there we can't see anything outside of these what did they call them not train tracks but um tram lines that's what they called them we can't get off the tram line so if we can't get off of it yeah. we might as well and get on the train justified their killing of yep. Sergey right. and whoever exactly. because it was all predetermined. And that's another great question is, is if you knew the hour and the, how you're going to die, chances are you just, you'd find a way there. You know what I mean? Or you knew you were going to do this. Like it's, there, there is a little bit of play in that. If you know what's going to happen, there's like that self-fulfilling prophecy that occurs. So I think what they did was they just got inside their own heads. They decided this is how it's going to have to be justify their actions. And then, followed it into the end and then when she didn't follow it when she chose to get off the tram line they were shocked by it it was kind of like a cult or whatever you leaving the, the 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 belief and it suddenly was like whoa what you can you can leave this you know it, i i found it to be that i found that moment to be really great too that that line of thinking anyway so yeah that's kind of where i that's how i interpreted that it was that they they became a they saw it as God, and so they were yeah, worshiping yeah. their God. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we have definitely talked our way around everything here. Uh, well, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of devs. Um, did it work for you? Do you are you are do you think it's garbage like Josh seems to, uh, um, or <laughs> or uh, or are you with me and it's one of the best miniseries? We we got we have two ends of the spectrum here. So um, so let us know what you think. Chime in on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. You can find us on Facebook uh, by searching the Screeners Podcast. And uh, so we want to know what you think. So join us next week as we review Extraction, the new Netflix action movie, and the Hulu miniseries Little Fires Everywhere. We'll see you then. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.